Hello, everyone. I'm here for one of my stories. This is Lindsay Dunn. And tonight with me is Anthony. Again, my trusty co-host for the 1899 Recaps. How are you doing tonight, Anthony? I am doing just fine, Miss Lindsay. I got a bit of a technical difficulties here at the Black Cinephile household, but you know, we uh we got it together. I'm mm -hmm. uh, I'm ready to uh take this final push and uh you know talk about episode eight. I'm excited, you know, it's been a long journey for us. You're a hearty you're a hearty crew. Uh mm -hmm. as black cinephile, you're here for the long haul and you will not let anything stop you, whether it's a triangle button or a really large wave coming in hot <laughs> right right <laughs> right ship. so yeah episode eight here we are the very last episode it's been a, a long journey as you said and there's a lot to cover in this episode um how did you feel overall with this being the concluding episode knowing that the series has not been renewed. We will get nothing else after this. It will all be speculation from here on out. How did you feel about, and we'll talk about it more, but how did you feel overall with the episode and the place it left us as viewers? Um, The episode overall I felt was a solid uh, season, or I, I guess I should say series finale, you know, um, it tied up some loose ends. It tied up some loose strings. We got some answers. You know, some answers were, uh, you know, left. I mean, some questions were left unanswered, you know, because we they expected a new season. The writers expected a new season or they left room for future seasons. Um, I feel like with what we got in the speculation, we're left to ponder what would happen. I, I thought it was a satisfying finale. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really have many complaints. I felt like it was a nice, nice cliffhanger we left out on. Um, I gotta say this show had some of the best moments I like about 1899, some of the worst moments. Again, we had another, hey, let's split up, uh, it, you know, moment that kind of just proved to be kind of dumb. But uh, I felt like it was a satisfying finale overall. Mm -hmm. they, did, they did do the big split. I think my one complaint for this as an episode, not necessarily, I guess also as a a season ender because it wasn't intended to be a series ender so I don't feel right calling it that but there was an mm -hmm. awful lot of explaining and that's sort of a pet peeve of mine if you you know this being the last season of last episode of this season they felt a lot of explaining needed to happen I guess to wrap things up and take us into the new chapter so there was a lot of talking, people talking at you and giving information at the same time. And some of that is good. You have to have it. Otherwise, your audience will be lost. But I felt like it was a little dialogue heavy as opposed to our last episode, which had a lot of action. And there was less of that and more of talking and explaining, I guess. So that's my one complaint. The dialogue, uh, the dialogue heavy scenes didn't bother me as much. Um, I kind of looked at that as like part of the course for like most of 1899. A lot of this building up to this point was dialogue heavy, you know, if you, with the exception of the fast paced episodes that came before this, in my opinion. Yeah. 
So should we get into it or is there anything else you wanted to I'm, talk about before? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready okay. to get into it. <laughs> okay. So this time we opened on a memory as usual. And this time it's Elliot's memory. We know mm -hmm. it's Elliot's memory because it ended with Elliot, but the contents of it aren't necessarily clear you know, there's two people in this memory being Mora and Elliot. And it's one of those situations that we talked about that's like, is this a dream? And if so, who's the dreamer? So who's dreaming this mm -hmm. episode? It's Elliot. But, uh, up, you know, it's kind of a weird little moment because we have this picnic between Elliot and Mara and Daniel's nowhere to be found so who knows where he was but they're having this picnic and Elliot comes up he's smiling he's happy he almost looks like he almost looks like a regular little boy instead of the mm -hmm. little, little unemotional boy that we've had and he's got the, a scarab beetle and he's named it Alfred and he's going to put it in this metal box which we've seen a metal box in the show and Mara tells him that that's not a good idea, that that would be like keeping a keeping somebody in a prison and that that's not right. And you have to learn to let things go and that when he grows up, she's going to have to let him go. And then he says, don't be silly. I'm going to live with you and daddy forever. And that yeah. that seems like a very childlike thing to say. I think a lot of kids will say stuff like that or they'll be like, when I grow up, I'm going to marry you, daddy. <laughs> you know, right, 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 stuff right. like that all the time. And um, yeah, so this scene between them is definitely something we haven't seen before. What were your thoughts about it? I just thought that one bit of exchange of dialogue was so telling for the, you know, the revelation we hear later concerning Mara and, you know, what happened. Um. I thought it was a great, it, it was a great opening scene. You know, I feel like Elliot is the uh, right kind of subversive choice to open up with a dream on the uh, finale. I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, okay, I thought we were going to learn. I thought they were going to throw a curveball and show us Virginia and there would be like mm -hmm. some major twist going on with Virginia or something. But I like that it, it, it opening up with Elliot, I felt was a nice touch. But yeah, that little piece of dialogue between them is such a great, happy moment from his perspective you know because we haven't seen him as this we he looks like a normal kid here as you said you know when we first met Elliot you know he was mute he was very stern faced mm -hmm. and he, he had his he had his game face on you know he it, there wasn't a, a lot of uh, smiling but um yeah I uh I I, I like this whole opening scene I also had a few thoughts that whole imagery about that that wouldn't be very nice to keep this person in this prison there's mm -hmm. a lot of connections to obviously what we discover later on in the episode with Elliot himself but if you think about other characters that have things that they've said all along like Clements mentions to Jerome that being on the crew is almost a type of prison and mm -hmm. we have Jerome in a prison he's in a cage at one point we have Ling in a box and Ling's friend is drowned inside of a box box inside of a cave uh, a cage and so that it's kind of a strong theme um and Ike has that really beautiful quote about when you're have you ever lost somebody 
that they move on and you're stuck. And this whole, there's a lot of imagery in the show about grieving and mourning. You're trying to kind of keep that person close to you. And a lot, there's obviously a lot of themes about letting go. But uh, on the other side of, of, of letting go, there's a person that, that's trapped. Um, and you could you could literally trap somebody in your a mind of your prison, you know, <laughs> a prison of your mind um, to, I know that this is a wavy concept I'm thinking about, but it, it just was not just a revealing moment. Like you said, lot, there's the, it was such a small moment of dialogue and yet it kind of clicked with a lot of things we've seen already in the show. Yeah. yeah, definitely. This 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 show plays a lot with the mind. At some points, there were some you know science scientific dialogue throughout this show that I was like, "All right, this is kind of going a little over my head," <laughs> or it seemed kind of like not out of place, but it kind of alienated me as an audience member with some scenes. Like, all right, I know they're discussing theories. I know something intelligent is being discussed here, but kind of dumb it down for me. You gotta you gotta Chris Nolan it knowing it for me a little bit sometimes but um yeah I, I like how this 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 uh the show is played with the mind and things you remember and you know consciousness and unconsciousness mm -hmm. also we know that memory is faulty so is this memory mm -hmm. even what really is this how it actually happened or is this just the way that Elliot remembers it um, right because if if his mother really is keeping him in a prison of sorts as we're as we're led to believe later, then then she's being a hypocrite here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we remember things the way we want to remember them, or the way that our mind has has filtered them to be remembered. Um, so yeah. So when he wakes up, he's holding Elliot. He wakes up and he's holding a white cloth in his hands and we realize it's Mara's hospital gown and he's in the pyramid world or Daniel's world and he yells for her and panics and wakes up and he's then lying in a bed in Henry's study which is a little bit of it looks a little bit out of place because we know that mm -hmm. Henry's study is kind of more 60s and 1960s 1970s and I believe Elliot's in what you might call a fainting couch. Um, mm -hmm. So it looks more in line with the 1899 time period. Um, so Henry says, I'm sure your father told you all about me, but he probably left out the bit where he explains why you're really here. They made the choice, talking about the passengers, they made the choice to go on this trip because they wanted to forget their past. And now they're all stuck in here as well. And your mother has fooled you. So on this, in this part of now that Elliot's wakened up, woken up, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of dialogue with him and Henry as Henry is determined to help Elliot remember what he feels like 
you know, it's my job to show this boy what the reality is. His his parents, both of them are lying to him. Um, and he's going to show Elliot the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel... Um, I wonder, I'm wondering overall, what are your thoughts about Henry here, the way he acts, not just in this scene, but throughout the episode, were you convinced that he's actually, this episode does a fairly decent job trying to make us speculate on, oh, maybe Henry isn't so bad after all, and he's a victim too. Um, what did you think about the way that he carried himself? Were you convinced he was a bene- beneficiary to Elliot and somebody that was trying to help him? Not really. And I think that's kind of like, a, a, a in a funny way, a testament to the performance. I'm like, this guy, um, the, the, you know, the actor that plays Henry, I'm like, he, he's already established himself as a, like, a, you know, kind of like a, a shifty, maybe malicious character that by the time he runs into, um, you know, young Elliot, he's like, it's time you discovered the truth, young man. You know, I I hear what your father has said about me, but it's not true. This isn't like a Harry Potter situation where Alan Rickman (laughs) could, you know, he he could convince me that, oh, maybe Snape wasn't that bad. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, nah, like this guy, it's the certain movements that he does in this episode, like the way he, and we'll get to it, you know, when he, when he tranquilizes, um, you know, Elliot, I was like, yeah, that doesn't, even though Elliot sees what he sees, that doesn't really say in my mind, okay, maybe he's a good guy. No, it just says, nah, he, he still comes off like a shady dude. Maybe he's on the right side of things, but I, I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's the most righteous person on the right on the on the righteous side. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for somebody who supposedly is a victim and stuck himself stuck himself in this world, he's kind of mean about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you might if you were stuck in a world for a long time, you might want to get revenge on the person, but he's seems unnecessarily cruel to Mara. <laughs> um for Mm -hmm. one thing and he remind the way his affect reminded me an awful lot of dr brenner and stranger things you know uh 11's dad with the guy with the perfect hair (laughs) um yeah matthew bodine's character yeah yeah he's just you know even though it's it's complicated you kind of I, Mm -hmm. i feel like in the last season i sort of changed my mind um, to how I felt about him he, he wasn't all bad um, but yeah just the way that he talks and it's you know my job and plus some of the things he says are like really mean to to Elliot in particular he has that mm-hmm. part about oh you think your father cares about you he loves your mother oh and he'd pick him all the time and that might be true but why would you say that to anybody yeah he he has so many questionable moments that it, it's hard for me to sway to his side. I think that's probably the series of Winkin saying, you know, maybe he's not all good. He just has mm-hmm. the, he, he just knows how to pose. Um, he knows how to pitch himself as a good person, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know. Yeah. 
Okay, so Ike, when we're now with Ike, he swum across kind of like Daniel did, and he, he puts mm -hmm. that hand on the deck, that wet hand, and he swum over, and Mara comes forward, and they embrace this time. This is the first time he's openly affectionate towards her. They actually hug, mm -hmm. and everybody in the group is kind of like, huh, what, uh, what's going on? You know, you guys are- right. You guys are friends. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, and he asks Mara, "Where is that guy? Basically, that made me disappear. Uh -huh. And who is he?" And Mara doesn't hold, doesn't seem to hold anything back to the group. You know, she admits that he's her husband and that Elliot is their son, and uh, but she doesn't remember either one of them doesn't remember those things and she mentions her father owns the ships and that she thinks that he did it to make them to you know that he made them forget why we are here and that this is an illusion a magic trip trick a simulation mm -hmm. so she's See, gone from she's hot gone from like not telling anybody anything to I would now confess everything at once right right yeah which is which is a first uh especially in her relationship uh you know to Ike but um wasn't that a, isn't that a long swim <laughs> like from that <laughs> boat to that boat I'm like isn't that wasn't that a long swim because he just he just wakes up with his hand coming upon him climbing mm -hmm. uh climbing aboard but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of something that lingered in my mind. Like, uh, so what was it like? Like, like I don't know. Like, like seven feet away. I don't know. Hmm. The men, the men are very strong swimmers in the show. I mean, Daniel swam it wearing <laughs> an overcoat. So you could make an argument for him. He probably transported himself <laughs> to the point where he could swim in in in, in neck of time to get aboard. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he knew he knew a little more stuff that made it maybe a little bit easier for him to climb up because, right, right, he's making quite um, a journey of all of these portals. So yeah, perhaps mm -hmm. swimming wasn't swimming all the way wasn't what happened. Um, but the group responds just as well as you would think that they would. She, they tell Mara that they don't really believe her, and Virginia, in particular, says it's all completely ridiculous. One thing I noticed is the thing from Virginia's hands has crept up and is now like on her neck. Mm -hmm. So in the last episode, we didn't really see, we haven't seen it travel beyond her hand because she's wearing that green dress. Nobody, mm -hmm. nobody mentions it the whole episode, like. Uh, your neck is black. <laughs> Nobody calls attention to it, but it's there and it's um, you know, visually pronounced. But they, you know, they don't make a big deal about it. But you can see that. And you know, of course, nobody believes her. But um, Mara points out, well, do you remember how you got on the ship? And you know, Virginia says, of course I do. And then you can see on her face. Oh, well, wait a second. She starts to, you know, whatever you say. she starts to 
reconsider herself and mm-hmm. everybody realizes they don't know what's going on and then she, they all pull out their letters so that's kind of weird too and they have to kind of admit one of the letters i thought was really interesting is that clemens has a letter but mm-hmm. she pulls it out from the pair of pants she's wearing um so we don't know what's on her letter. It, it might, because Lucian was the one that had the letter. So I haven't seen mm. Clements have a letter. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought it was odd because I didn't expect everyone to have a letter like Virginia did. Mm-hmm. And for everyone to just magically be able to have a letter on them without knowing this whole time they had a letter in their pocket. I was like, okay, that's a, that's plot convenience. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold up! These people had letters on them the whole time, um, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, this is a simulation, so anything is possible. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm. Well, I think <laughs> I didn't think about that point too much, but as you know, think I would say they all kind of have survived a disaster. And mm-hmm. when you are in the moment and when you're in an emergency, you tend to grab what you think is important. And these letters are all really important to them. That's why they're on the ship. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that maybe they would be like, okay, I'm going to grab this no matter what, because Oleg had a pic- a picture that his brother had sent him. And, um, you know, everybody had, you know, Ike's envelope had a picture of his family. And so I can see them being like, you know, you have, you can grab five things in the room. What are you going to grab? One of them might, mm-hmm. might be the letter. I mean, Ling is the, is like basically not wearing any clothes anymore, but, um, you know, she lost her, a lot of her garments on the, on the ship, on the uh, right, deck, right. The, the thing. Um, so, um, Ike wants to know if Daniel is, is like part of the reason that this is happening. Like maybe he's working with the father and Mara says, well, I think he's trying to help and that he's trying to get us all out of here. Mm-hmm. And this is another time when some people understand and some people don't um Ramiro can't really understand this the group that he's with as well as Link Link can communicate with Virginia and mm. yeah etc etc while this is all going on um did you want to say something I'm sorry well I mean it, it, it's a it's a tower of Babel moment that we're used to by this point mm. You know what I mean? So it's it's a moment where you're like, um, when you have the one oddball out where you have a uh, Ramiro um, that goes, I'm sorry, what's going on? <laughs> you know, everybody else is kind of catching on their own way uh, through like, you know, multiple strands of, of people that, you know, basically communicate what's happening. He's the only one going in Portuguese, like, what what's happening? <laughs> you know, I feel like it's, it, it's you know, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's moments that we're used to by now in this show. Mhm. Yeah. <clears throat> um so 
this starts one of many scenes, which I don't think we have to talk about each one, but we, mm-hmm. we cut a lot of times to Daniel in that panel, hacking away at different, he's got his device and he'll plug a wire in and he, first he doesn't have any power, then he tries another right. wire and then he will open another panel that's underneath that panel to get at a different set of wires until he gets to this whatever you call it central nervous system this like thing that drops down like a chandelier that looks like Mm -hmm. the brain you know the thing in um the thing in metropolis (laughs) what do you know i never saw that movie i know it's a classic I, i i've never saw it yeah well there's a moment when the when the person in that show the creator is trying to bring mm-hmm. the woman to life he has this large thing that comes down from the mm-hmm. ceiling and it's got wires and the wires connect to the the robot's brain um so it looked like if you hooked this up to your brain it could do some serious damage um, gotcha gotcha uh, but Daniel's basically just in hacker mode this whole episode. I loved it. <laughs> did it remind did it remind you of anything or were you just like you like um, like hack hacking imagery? Well yeah, hacking imagery is always fun. You know, Mr. Robot's one of my favorite shows, but I just like how he's using the Connect 4 device and he's just <laughs> hacking away at that thing, man. He's just finding multiple combinations and I, I I thought it was um it it was a pretty uh like like nice tense moments where we keep cutting to him. He's getting closer and closer to his goal. You know, all you keep hearing is, you're the best around <laughs> you know like <laughs> Yeah, and you you keep wondering what's you know you have no idea what he's doing right you know what's right, he, what's right. he trying to do like at first you're thinking he's trying to control the crystals somehow make that stop or is he causing more crystals and then we know later on he is able to create or take away doors and he's able to mix everybody's memories up. Daniel knows this simulation i guess just as well as anyone um so he's he's determined but yeah it's always in it's like one of those it reminds me of an episode somebody's trying to disarm a bomb and you'll just keep seeing the person like they're sweating and they're like just like moving mm-hmm. their fingers and you're wondering are they going to get all the kids in time in out of the school in time before the bomb goes off and yeah there's really great ways to make that very tense Mm -hmm. Uh, so we have another henry and elliot scene and henry says our brain is a very complicated construct as much as we can try to forget the things we don't want to remember we'll never forget entirely they're part of who we are woven into our very fabric This is when he's moving towards the hospital. He's basically like, hey, it's time for you to get into the torture chair, Elliot, (laughs) to (laughs) to really remember this. With With the group on the Prometheus, then 
they're kind of following after Mara. I'm not sure exactly where they were going. You know, she was, where was she leading them? I can't even remember, but their progress is blocked. Was it the same place where she and Ike uh, eventually went? That's true. Okay, she she originally went to her room and was going to show them. I guess she was going to show them all the shafts and the right the dreamscape, and, um, which would probably be very scary for everybody to see that. They did yeah, see yeah. it, just not. <laughs> they didn't see others. It's not, yeah, they saw others' dreams, but they it wasn't in any way orderly in a way they could understand. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like in the past they saw their own dreamscapes. But yeah, in this one, they saw they saw other people's. Yeah. yeah. But I guess I was saying, what I was thinking is if they had gone with Mara, you know, she kind of helped to shepherd. I mean, Ike went to his memory without any kind of prompt to, but later they were together and she was able to say, like Elliot showed this to me and let's you know she didn't say let's go explore together but they sort mm-hmm. of did that so she could have said like this is my memory and you know they then they might have shared like oh I've been seeing this uncomfortable thing from my past as well mm-hmm. um yeah so she mentions that um Okay, so they're following her, but then they're blocked by the black crystals. And Virginia is just like, I'm not going any further until you tell us what is happening. And then um, Mara tells them that the last thing she remembers before waking up is finding that envelope in front of her door. That she thinks her brother sent it and she has this key and he made us forget. And um yeah virginia says i'm sure you're a very bright woman i admire that you studied medicine and that you stand against the conventions and limitations that women face (laughs) that made me laugh because like from any character you expect that quote to come from you don't expect it from virginia why why is that i didn't think it sounded seemed surprising well i mean for a woman that's you know uh, a pimp you know, you don't expect such a great upstanding, hey, listen, sister girl, I, I respect what you've done in your field, but, uh, you know, ah, we're not listening to you anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, from Virginia, I would expect, you know, uh, yeah, we're not listening to you anymore. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in Virginia's perspective, she's like, hey, it's a man's world, but at least we can get paid. <laughs> um, right, right. So she's probably like, Hey, it's against convention for women to sell their bodies for sex. And there's for Virginia, there's probably power in that. Um, but this is where the group disperses. So we have Virginia and Ling together. Uh, well, initially, and then Tove and Ramiro, Clements and jerome take off so they're sort of in pairs but they all leave mara and ike and only ike is left and virginia's idea is that they get a lifeboat and get off of yes get off the boat and mara's like look there is no boat 
there's no ocean this isn't even real um which would be really hard for anybody to understand Mm -hmm. yeah i i hate the whole let's split up thing um i like i said i get it to like like raise like to raise the tension and everything but it's just it's such a funny moment when as we as we move on later on everyone kind of hits a dead end at some point and mm. and then i remember just watching the show going well that went nowhere <laughs> like yeah. yeah but you know it, it's 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 classic of the characters to follow this though you, mm-hmm. you know again it's like you say it's hard to wrap your mind around this is a simulation everyone else is like um nah man like i'm not i'm not buying that i'm not buying your little conspiracy theory man you know Mm -hmm. i'm i'm getting off this uh i'm getting off this ship and um yeah it's it's such a it's such a moment that's 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 of the characters that you know you can't help but eye roll and expect them to you know be how they're always expected to be well i wonder you know even that word simulation i mean Mm -hmm. When did we, when was that word invented even? I mean, before the Matrix, I mean, I'm sure that it comes from somewhere, but I'm wondering back in this time period, if the time period is 1899, even if it's it's simulation, how would they have understood the word simulation? Like, what did people think of that? Would they just say it's a dream and think about wacky art like dolly right he was dolly even around then i can't I, I can't remember when dolly was an artist but um I, I see what you're saying um yeah it is 1899 so that that is a good point too that 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 could lead to the rejection of the idea like listen i don't even know what that means you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're throwing some scientific language at me i don't know what that means you know i i, I that's a good point yeah <clears throat> Um, I know people had magic tricks. Mara mentions it's an illusion of some kind. So, um, mm-hmm. so she basically begs Ike not to leave, <laughs> and right. it's like you believe me, right? <laughs> and um, they go into her room, and her shaft is gone, and then she just starts clawing at the ground with what looked to me like knitting knitting needles. <laughs> Um, you know, her and Ike are just digging around on the boards and they find a concrete slab or, you know, maybe it's more of the ship. I couldn't really tell what that was supposed to be. But, um, she mentioned something here that she's wanting to find this office that her father's office where it used to be and that he said i would know where to find him now when henry said that it was kind of over the loudspeaker when he was like um bring me the key and i'll give you your son back Mm -hmm. and he says that you'll know where to find me i was assuming that he was talking to daniel but Mara seems to assume he's talking about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when they go to Daniel's room 
and uh, Mara sees, looks at her wedding ring and thinks about the her Daniel's bedroom <laughs> and takes mm-hmm. Ike to that place. And I guess Sebastian forgot to clean up that shaft. So that one was still accessible. And Ike gets a chance to see Daniel's memories. Mm-hmm. And this was um this was kind of it was kind of awkward and funny but they you know he sees all the pictures and it looked like one of the pictures had Elliot was it was just of Elliot and he was holding out his hand and mm-hmm. he had a little really weird look on his face but it was either I was trying to figure out what he was holding I can't really see clearly it could have been one idea I had was he was holding the wedding ring and then the other thing it could have been was holding Alfred the Beetle. <laughs> Either mm-hmm. way, it's kind of a weird picture and it still does it still does look a little posed. Like it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you would take a picture of. Um this was interesting and Ike says you don't remember being married. And if this is an illusion, could his memory be one as well? How do you know that if he that he's telling the truth? And I thought that was a really good question. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me thought it was kind of cute because he's like, okay, Ike's trying to figure out <laughs> what he's supposed to, how he's supposed to act now that he knows Mara's married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe Daniel's not telling the truth either and you're not really married. But it did also seriously bring up a real point, which is that's the whole problem when you begin to question reality. Suddenly Mm -hmm. nothing seems solid and you can never be sure that any reality is real and that it's just somebody's creation. Any thoughts about that? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it really does set up, a, um, you know, kind of like a, a, a clue scenario where it's like, you know, well, well, who is telling the truth? You know what I mean? Like, how do we know that Mara is not to be trusted? How do we know Daniel is not to be trusted? How do we know that Henry's actually a good guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at this point, it really was anyone's game. And I was really looking forward to the moment towards the end where it kind of reveals, okay, whose hand is holding what? And you're put in a dangerous position as a character when you're like, um, you know, a character doesn't even know that they're that they're the mastermind behind something because somebody may have made made them forget or they made themselves forget. You know, it puts the plot in a very, uh, you know, um, I want to say a great tense place from mm-hmm. a, from an audience perspective. You know, from a character perspective, I can imagine that's terrifying. Yeah. Right. And she mentions that um, that there must be a logic of some kind to it, that inside the brain, memories are stored in different places, but they're connected by neural pathways. When you smell a certain smell, you might remember a lot of memories that are tied to that smell. So maybe this mm-hmm. is just an imitation of the brain. So she's, she sort of tells Ike, I guess, that, yeah maybe this is just 
rooms that represent different parts of the brain. Um, mm. So they, she punches through the wall <clears throat> and they begin sort of their own exploration of the wires. The internet is full of wires. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried to find that commercial on YouTube last week, Anthony, and I couldn't do it. So maybe you'll have to look later because now I'm curious about this commercial. Uh, I don't know if it's a commercial. I, I think it was like a video or something. It was it was either the internet is full of cables or it's full of wires. Um, it was one of the two. Okay. But he mentioned that last week. And so I was like, I need to find this. I love old commercials. So I was like, I need to look this up. Right, right. Um, so Virginia is, okay, this is where the weird visions start happening. Virginia is holding her right arm because she's in a lot of pain or perhaps the arm is going numb. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. But they're blocked off from the hallway with crystals and then they're trying to find a safe path, but they really can't find one. And as as you mentioned, Anthony, it's sort of, yeah, they just take a journey to nowhere, basically. They all end up splitting up. And Clements and Jerome end up in Ling's memory. And Virginia and Tove end up in Jerome's memory. And Ramiro and Ling end up in his memory. You know, Ramiro and Angel's memories. Plus, Ling then ends up in Olek's memories. So they, yeah, they're just, they get split up and they're in these different places that they're in unfamiliar places, but their loved ones are calling for them. Right. Inside different boxes and, you know, wells and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it, it made for um a great uh, exploration moment. You know, I uh I liked it when we saw Daniel going through the different dreamscapes, you know. The um you got a character that knows kind of where he's navigating himself, like trying to like run around, make shortcuts um to where he needs to be versus people who don't know where they are mm -hmm. that are truly freaked out wondering, okay, what what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have Henry and, and Elliot are now in the hospital and um, he shows Elliot this memory of, he's got these two vials. There's a white vial and a black vial. <laughs> and mm -hmm. this, yeah, this is kind of like, almost like the red pill or the blue pill, right? Um, basically the white vial makes you remember things and the black vial makes you forget things so he gives elliot this white vial and it makes elliot remember something and which is very trippy where he's in the chair and mm -hmm. mara and daniel come in but he they can't hear him and He's muffled. He can't hear them well. They can't hear him. He can't really speak. So um, then Mara gives 
him the black vial to forget so what how did you read this scene because i was very confused as to what what it all meant from what i gathered and I think it's open-ended uh, for a reason, even towards the end. Um, from what I gathered, uh, I took it as um, Mara had created something in which she could like keep their child alive, being that something may have happened to Elliot that was kind of like life-threatening. She says, I created something to keep him alive. And the whole time Daniel's like, listen, you're, you're you're going to mess things up giving him that, or you're going to change things giving him that. It's not It's not going to be the kind of uh, result we want. So she may be creating a Frankenstein of some sort. And then, of course, she hits him with the vial right then and there uh, from his POV. Because he's like, you know, mom, don't hurt me. And, you know, she, you know, puts it in and then he wakes up, uh, you know, back with Henry. So I figured something was going on with Elliot, you know, hence the grave something life-threatening, hence why he looks so pale. <laughs> and um, he probably was given something to keep his, uh, I don't want to say spirit alive, but to keep his essence alive in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about people that are kept um, in a vegetative state. I don't know mm. if it's like that. Um, where Could be. Where they're they're like central operations are still like you know they still have oxygen they're still a heart beating but their brain is essentially dead um, right yeah or like you said a frankenstein or is it an avatar of some kind mm-hmm. um or a, like a clone an elliot clone um but yeah, Daniel says you can't stop him from dying. So he's Elliot has died, but Mara is still keeping him. Yeah, keeping him from dying somehow. And, yeah, that's how I interpret that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't really we don't exactly get to see in what way that that's happening. Right. So Henry seems really pleased that Elliot has now um, seen seen this, and he goes into a rather long story <clears throat> about Mara and a paper she found on his desk about Plato's cave allegory. And I'm just I'm just gonna read this. Um, she was too young to understand the abstract concept Plato Plato was suggesting. Nevertheless, she read it over and over again. It was this one thought that turned her world upside down. The idea that our knowledge has limits and that we can never know if things are truly how we appear. If it's true what Plato argues, um, this is what Mara asked him. If it's true what Plato argues, then how do we know if anything is real? How do we know if actual reality isn't outside the life that we're living? And he asks her, isn't that what God is? the creator of our reality and then she says but then it's the world that's god that is living in that's real and we're just his dollhouse and then again who created god so maybe this is the part where you started started to go wait this is going it's very philosophical talk right for a little girl to have with her father 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, the philosophical talk uh, usually doesn't bother me on the show because, you know, it gets it's very thought provoking. It's more so the scientific, you know, specific brain talk that gets that kind of turns me off a little bit. Yeah. So with, you know, this this story about Mara, it kind of adds into our, I guess, um, belief that she was already a very strange little girl, but also she had a very strange father that liked to watch her um, in the woods and would put her, you know, treat her like an experiment and put her down in the woods and watch her and see what she would do. It isn't too surprising that maybe that same little girl would begin to question things because she has a father that is um has questionable motives and doesn't really seem mm-hmm. very caring her ideas about god are also going to be tainted by that and um she starts to question who god is and who has the right to be god and um yeah it's a lot to kind of wrap your brain around i guess what what she was dealing with as a child Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um yeah i mean she does she she doesn't have the um she definitely doesn't have the most perfect childhood Mm -hmm. hey could we um could we pause for one quick second Okay, so while all this philosophical talk is is going on between um between Henry and Elliot, then Daniel's still hard at work, of course, and mm-hmm. our our group is getting lost in these different memories. And Sebastian, they cut to Sebastian who's kind of watching Daniel and looking surprised and almost upset by what he's seeing. And at first I thought he was worried about the people <laughs> um, because he looked, he was just like watching sort of Tove, Tove and Virginia. He was just kind of watching their journeys through these different worlds and how mm-hmm. they were so upset they were just like crying and getting really upset and it almost looked, it almost seemed like he was worried about them but he m- realizes that daniel is trying to change the architecture of the simulation and that he's trying to change the shape of things to hide his tracks so one of the things i was wondering watching this is why didn't either one of them go to try to stop daniel <laughs> Um. Did they know, did they, they knew where he was? Yeah, because, well, maybe they didn't know where he was. Um, I don't know. They're, they're never, well, I mean, I think a couple times Henry did show Daniel on screen, um, hmm. but it was, if they, yeah. If they knew where he was, I'm kind of lost as to why they didn't try to stop him either. I think mm-hmm. they, I think they knew that. I think it would have led to a dual moment where it's like they would have to dual connect four machines, see who would zap each other first <laughs> if they found them. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think that might be the reason or, you know, 
I kind of kept questioning why Elliot didn't just run away from his grandfather. I'm like, that's that's an old dude. There's nothing he can do to that kid. That kid can can juke him and run away. Mm. But the whole time he just stays close to him, uh, even without the intimidating guard nowhere to be seen. So, you know, even that kind of, you know, threw me for a loop. I don't know. I don't know why they mm -hmm. didn't try to just find him. I mean, I, I would think they would realize that, okay, there's only a couple places that have this sort of power to them on these ships. And that's that panel that he was hooked into, even if mm -hmm. they didn't see him. But um, yeah, neither one of them, maybe I, I was like, okay, they both must be too busy to like... <laughs> Henry's mm -hmm. too busy terrorizing Elliot to 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 leave that post, and plus he's used to having his messenger boys be like, "Go do this for me, go do that." Um, you know, I'm the evil mastermind. I don't go and stop anybody. Um, but he's he's afraid that Daniel is trying to wake Mara. With, this is what um, Henry says. He's trying to wake her without delivering us the key and we'll be trapped in here forever. So this is where this was, this did offer, even with these people divided up and how it was sort of, sort of weird. It did provide one visually really awesome moment, which was Olek coming out of the, coming out of mm -hmm. that, whatever covered in black oil and i don't know about yeah. you didn't that kind of remind you of the opening titles where you have uh all the characters kind of covered in those black crystals a little bit mm -hmm. you know from like uh you know ike to um i think olex in there when he's shoveling the coal uh that that visually kind of reminded me of that a little bit yeah i was curious yeah, I was curious why he was covering that substance. Um, we know that we've we've seen the characters, the characters that like march to their death and fell off the side. You know, mm -hmm. they may not be dead. They just kind of got recycled into the simulation. So are they in some kind of oily, oily room at the bottom of the ship? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it almost looked like Olek was getting himself ready for the next round you know like dress rehearsal is over you know we're, we're ready for or you know we're start a new dress rehearsal but yeah right right because he's going he goes back into the ship like here we go you know um but that was that was really freaky seeing him come out if anything it reminded me of um it reminded me of their other show dark where um michael con michael Conwald is um, covered in oil at the end of, of the first episode so it kind of reminded me of that they're the same director so they're gonna borrow use some of the same tricks that's fine um, so Daniel has finished his whatever that he's done and he gets into the cabinet and gets inside kind of like um, Sebastian did before mm -hmm. and Um, yeah, they don't try to stop Daniel at all at any point, uh, which makes me wonder. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was like, does that mean he's not really there? Um, yeah. Uh, so then we get 
everybody's now back on the ship that was dispersed. You can hear Angel singing the La Terrara song. Mm-hmm. And they all run towards the engine room or the coal room. Mm-hmm. And you have this um, great visual that goes pretty much to towards the end of the episode. You've got the group there and they're these red lights and there's just crystals swirling around everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's really creepy. And so then Mora and Ike are still looking for this office entrance. And mm-hmm. um, they wonder if they're going crazy. And then Sebastian is like, the crazy thing is that you two haven't figured out what's going on yet. Or maybe he was talking to Ike. But this part kind of upset me because um, he's basically threatening Sebastian is threatening Ike by, um, you know, they know that this little, those little devices can make you disappear. Ike's already gone through that once. So they, he uses that as leverage so that Mar gives him the key. But then as soon as Mar gives him the key, he puts, I got a commission anyway. And I did not understand why he did that. Um, Except for just to be mean. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a, it t- is. A- yeah, because he tells her that she says bring him back, and he's like, "It's impossible. It can't be done." Yeah, it is a kind of le- out of left field moment. Um, that that did he maybe he felt like you know maybe Ike would try to come after him. Maybe he felt like let me just to tie up any loose ends here, which seems like a Sebastian working for Henry type of thing to do. Uh, being that Ike is the only other person there, that's a uh, that's not uh, I guess essential to the operation like Mora is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of looked at it that way, like just tie up any loose ends. Mm-hmm. That's true. Plus, I'm starting to suspect that none of the deaths are real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's like you said, tying up loose ends. Perhaps he's just like. Um, we need to get the show on the road and get this over with. Mm-hmm. You know, so theoretically, once they had the key, they would put it in the pyramid and turn it and it would be done. So then, yeah. Um, So he puts him out of commission. This is where Mara is brought in with Henry and Elliot. And there's a lot of of Henry telling Mara how how you know how dumb she is and how horrible she is, and Mara's like, "You stop it, stop it now, stop saying these mm-hmm. things. Just tell me what's going on." Um, so there's a there's a lot of talking, but one part that I really liked was Henry says, "We're born into this world either a seeker or an avoider." To be an avoider is pure bliss. To be a seeker, on the other hand, brings nothing but pain. You will open every door, step into the darkest voids, 
driven by the urge to gain more knowledge. Contrary to your brother, you were born a seeker, and I wish that you weren't. You tried to get rid of your pain, but all you did was create more pain. So what did you think about that speech? Do you think it's true? And what 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 do you think a seeker is and what do you think an avoider is in real terms? I think within the context of the show, it can be true. You know, Maura's always been a seeker uh, from her past with Daniel. It looks like she was seeking for a solution to help their son. And it brought her to dark corners that most people would want to avoid or not be anywhere near. Um, I think avoiders in this world are the people that um, in the simulation that, uh, you know, harken back to the first piece of dialogue when this started, when, um, you know, Henry is speaking to um, Elliot. He's like, these people came on the ship to escape their past, to avoid their past, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're, they're doing it blissfully. Right. Whereas Mara, when we first see her in the show, she seems like she's already on alert. So she's a seeker. You know, she can't she can't walk around this boat blissfully like a Angel or a Ramiro or anyone else that's on board uh, when this show uh, begins. Um, no, I don't think that applies to real life, of course, because there's always exceptions to the rule. But I think within this world, the ones who seek are the ones that, you know, um, receive the most pain. Hmm. Well, the way I interpreted it is... Maybe a little different, but I was thinking of a seeker just being a person who's curious and um, kind of asks questions and doesn't go mm -hmm. along with the crowd. And they're, they're like, I'm just going to question everything. And, you know, I'm not sure why he used these words, seeker or avoider, but then there's, because there's a, a type, I can't remember what... Um, what this the system is called but there's this one um personality thing typology where they have this person called the builder and the builder are just like mm. the building blocks of society the people that are like show up for work every day and get things done mm -hmm. and you need those people in the world otherwise society would fall apart but then you have people like seekers that are like dreamers and that kind of think about how things could be or should be instead mm -hmm. and his description reminded me about that and how sometimes those people do have pain because they're sort of seeking for something that they can't find that they you know they aren't satisfied with just the status quo and that can be a painful position to be in when you're always looking for more and your dream for more because reality just doesn't doesn't match up to that mm -hmm. and if I was to put myself in that you know dichotomy of like seeker avoider I would definitely label myself a seeker um in that I tend to question things and so I guess I resonated with his statement now, I'm not saying I buy into his, you know, sick philosophies about about many things, but I wasn't necessarily disagreeing with with this um, with this philosophy, I guess. That's my perspective. No, no, I think it's interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would just say, I wouldn't call a person who's not 
I don't know if I'd call them an avoider. Avoider sounds, avoider is a very negative word. That's a very negative way mm-hmm. to talk about that. And he said, the father says, I wish that you were an avoider. Like, why would you want that for your, for your child? Why would you want them to just go along with I mean, the crowd and never, never question things? That would be a horrible way to live, I think. I mean, Henry's not really a positive person. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's bound to use uh, 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 words with, you know, negative connotations. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is when he's, you know, he's making his big speech, his, his villain speech, and he's, he's going to really give it to her right now and give her this syringe, um, so mm-hmm. that she'll forget and be stuck in there forever. And I will get out of this God forsaken place, he says, which I right. think is about the most emotion he's ever used <laughs> in any speech. Right. He tries to make Elliot complicit in this by having him bring the vial forward. And I think he, I think he even was like hoping Elliot would give her the shot, you know, come here, boy, give your mother her medicine. Um, but Elliot is very upset and he doesn't really like this. He doesn't really want to be a part of it. I think initially the way that I was reading his emotions um, was that he was hurt and upset by what Henry had showed him. And he was wondering, mm-hmm. he's starting to question like, is mom and dad lying to me? Are they, um, are they really not on my side? But I don't feel like he's ready to give them up yet. He's not right. completely bought into Henry's, um, Henry's words. And he's not ready to join with him in, um having his mother forget you know he doesn't necessarily and you know just because somebody if somebody you care about which i don't know how much we know Elliot cares about his mother or not but if somebody does something bad to you that doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to do that same thing to them and exact revenge right. yeah right i agree Any other thoughts about Elliot's, um, like Elliot, the way he's behaving throughout this episode? How do you, what do you think Elliot was feeling? I think Elliot was feeling hurt, um, but he, he, he wasn't exactly putting his mother like all the way on trial. I think he felt hurt because of the vision he was shown and it left him confused um, and he he really felt like a kid in this episode. He didn't know who to trust. You know, it's like when a when a son uh, gets betrayed by his mother. You know that that kind of warps his whole world. You know, like like why would my mom do that to me? My mom is supposed to be one half of my protector. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, Elliot uh, showed some very complex feelings in this episode. Mm-hmm. His acting has gotten has been challenged more and more every episode. For sure. For yeah. sure. Before he was just kind of like emotionless. <laughs> Listen, in the beginning, I really didn't like this kid. I, I felt like he was a trope. I was like, okay, we got the new kid that's going to end up being important later. And while that's still true, 
Um, you know, I really, I really uh, grew to like Elliot, you know, uh, when he, when he started, as the plot went on and he started talking, I learned more about who he was as a character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this point, we discover that, uh, so they think they've done away with Mara, basically, she's out of commission for now, and she's forgotten mm-hmm. things, and they, uh, Sebastian, Henry and Elliot all get transported back to his overlord lair and they put the key in the pyramid and nothing happens mm-hmm. and uh they realize that Daniel changed the code on everything and um there's a brand new pyramid <laughs> that's, that's kept in Elliot's room we find this out through a speech that Daniel makes that now the the uh, way to wake up is is not with the key in this old black pyramid it's with the wedding ring in this colorful new pyramid that's kept in Elliot's mm-hmm. room let's see the other reveal here is that Daniel says that that it's actually Mara's brother that's in control and not the father after all Mm-hmm. which is a little confusing and i think mara herself kind of steps back here and says wait a second i thought my father was in control and of course then that makes me want to go back and see like did daniel ever mention the brother um you know they have to hide some stuff because of plot but it makes right. you again makes you question daniel that why are you just now telling me about about my brother you know why didn't you mention him before Mm -hmm. yeah i um i thought that was a terrific reveal you know i i was blown back when the reveal at first was that you know uh create created all of this you know what i mean and then uh you know when you drop the uh the double down bombshell that no no it's your brother this whole time he's really the man behind the mirror he's really the wizard of oz not your father um yeah i thought that was a great reveal in my mind i said uh i said okay because i forgot about her brother up until this point you know i remember i told you i thought daniel was going to end up being a brother at some point i thought sebastian would end up being her brother you know i kept going through in my mind who could end up being more's brother on this on board this ship so when this twist came around i was like oh okay that's a nice way of bringing everything back to uh, where we started mm-hmm. well i mean sebastian could be the bro- <laughs> could be the brother i saw Maybe. somebody i don't know i saw somebody in the um i saw somebody in a, the facebook group today that was saying well they do both have red hair but <laughs> that must make it a little too obvious um if that's the reveal and yes, I completely forgot to mention the, the fact that um, Henry tells Mara that she created the world, um, mm-hmm. which um, I think I had wondered before if Mara was the evil one when, well, not the evil one, but if Mara was actually the creator because of this whole Mara is like your father. It turns out she's like her father and she's Henrietta because she's so much like her father. And he 
watches um you know he likes to watch people so i was like well maybe mara likes that too um but uh yeah so it's like henry says it's you mara and then then daniel says that actually it's kieran um so <laughs> when she wakes up we're in a whole new ship mm -hmm. so we're, we're ready to talk about the the ending here so what did you think about uh the scene you can lead us into it if you want see well well first off um so you know more wakes up and they're uh they're in a spaceship and uh you know of course david bowie Starman comes on you know what I mean? And Maura's walking all about the ship. Her, her hair is shorter, by the way. She comes out of a pod that's like a... I've never seen Demolition Man, but it seems like the kind of thing you put on when they would show the visions and stuff. I've seen scenes from it. Um, you know, but it, it's a pod that, you know, I guess cover, covers your eyes a little bit for the vision's sake. And she sees multiple people in the room. I forgot all of who was in there. I think, you know, Ike was one of the people, right? Mm-hmm. That was still... Yeah, uh, it's... You know, um... The people are um, Virginia and Ike, Prester, mm -hmm. Toad, Oleg, Ling, and Yuck, Iben and Anker, Angel and Ramiro, and Clemens is in between Lucian and Jerome. And then there's an empty casket or pod. Okay. Okay. So she's walking around a little confused, trying to wonder what's going on. And um, there's a little message board that she comes to. And I knew, I told myself, like, if they were ever to make a second season of the show, it, they would have to skip the 1900s and go straight to the 2000s and do 2099. I was like, it just makes sense. So I felt vindicated when I saw that it was the year 2099. And I was like, okay. And then she gets a... um a note from her brother that says, uh, hello, sister, uh, you know, welcome home. And basically we get, you know, um, let me know if I'm missing something. Uh, basically we get the zoom out of the spaceship as it's, uh, traveling across, you know, uh, to, um, a galaxy far, far away. Or I don't know where <laughs> it's traveling. And, uh, yeah, that's the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It says, uh, well, he says, hello, sister, welcome to reality. Welcome to reality. Yes, yes. Um, and you you got almost all of it. Um, there was something about the survival mission to forty two point zero four three two four zero to forty four point three seven five seven six zero. Um, so these were coordinates of some kind, and there are one hundred. 1,423 passengers and 550 crew. I was, you know, I didn't have time to check um, <laughs> how that compares with the numbers that I gave before when they were, um, when Virginia asks him, you know, how many people are on board? You know, is it the same mm -hmm. number? And it's October 19th, 2099. So this scene, I think there's a, a several questions baked into mm -hmm. it. 
So number one is, is, you know, the message says, welcome to reality. So is this actually reality on this spaceship? What did you, do you think the spaceship is reality now? Uh, It could be like a, um, you know, a simulation within a simulation. Um, Who knows? But I feel like if it is reality, that would be cool. Um, It kind of would make sense. You know, being that you could use this type of reality, you could use the technology of this reality to create a whole simulation in 1899. So as of now, I'm looking at it as, okay, it is reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, it's a survival mission. Um, So I was thinking of that as like a rescue mission. So who are they rescuing? Or is this like, do they mean survival like we have like the ship is an ark and we're we're um going to settle in a new home somewhere like kind of like a noah's ark right right it could be that um it could be they're going to uh you know rescue um rescue her brother maybe that's why maybe that's why he created the simulation you know, for Mora to uh, go through her trials and tribulations and wake up to rescue him. Could be. Um, then also, um, who's who's in the, you know, why is there an empty pod? See, that I didn't catch on to at first when uh, until you told me. Um, I think the empty pod could be your husband. It could either be your husband or it could be Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like t- the two people are like the theories I've seen so far as number one, that it could be Kieran and that he, um, you know, broke up, broke out of his, <laughs> broke out of his prison, his pod prison to take control somehow. I also thought it could be Elliot and that like on the way, perhaps Elliot died um, on this mission, maybe Elliot died. And so Mara got distracted mm-hmm. by, um, you know, her mourning and grief because how, you know, space travel can take a long time depending on where they're going. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they've been in the air a long time and she, um, got distracted and Daniel wants her to wake up so that she can continue with her mission. Um, yeah, I mean, the people that are not on the, um, the people that are not on the ship mm-hmm. are like Henry, Elliot, and Sebastian. None of them are there as well as Daniel and Kieran. So, um, it does make you wonder if it's one of those one of those people. <clears throat> and the other thing I noticed is that the way that they're all sitting um situated on the ship, it almost looks like mummies. Hmm. Um so it just makes me think about the scarab beetle and you know we haven't had a lot of well pyramids <laughs> i was like egyptian imagery so i was like oh it's kind of an 
interesting callback to the way they're kind of situated um because yeah Mm -hmm. mummies are like standing up and they've got that the you know the way with the stripes across their chest and stuff um i don't know so anything else you want to say about this 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 ending um i thought it was a nice cliffhanger i thought it was a well done cliffhanger it's the kind of cliffhanger that um you know, and it's so great when you come across a season finale like this. If 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 they never get a season two or get picked up by another network, I don't I don't feel like this is a bad cliffhanger to end on. You know, because it it adds reasonable speculation uh, in contrast to what what did what did all that mean? You know, you have questions in your mind, but you have a general idea of where we're going if this show were to get picked up again, or if it just exists for the rest of our. For, for the rest of the time in just our imagination. Yeah. I thought it was a fair finale, a fair cliffhanger. I mean, as far as cliffhangers go, it, it's a great season, you know, a season ender. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of leads you into the next chapter and makes you, it gives you enough questions that you're interested, but it kind of closes up a lot of loops that you had. Right. So... As a season ender, I'm 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 like really fond of it. As a you know the show ender, I'm kind of like, you know, I had I still have so many questions, but um, right, right. I I'm hoping that if they don't, if the show doesn't get picked up, maybe we'll get that radio drama or we'll get that graphic novel from Bo and Yonke. Yeah, I, so, I. I would like that too. Um, so let me ask you, what did you feel about the season as a whole? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm still sorting through. Um, I, I liked, um, I think this, the show did a really great job getting you intrigued into the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that your opinion of the characters evolves over time. Right. And so that's a success for me. It definitely had me thinking about questions I have about my life or questions that, that I've thought about before um, just about, it's oh it's universal enough that people can relate to it and resonate with it um i'm not sure how original it is mm. um but i then again we didn't get we didn't get the whole show i think there would have been uh more to come because I'm definitely really curious about you know how Elliot um how he factors in all this and um yeah what are what are your thoughts about it so as a season um I think it's the first season that you know it, it spins its wheels for a minute you know what I mean in contrast to like let's say season two or season three never happened of dark you know what I like so much about the first season of Dark is that it, it immediately had me hooked in like through the whole way through. You know what I mean? Even when it was spinning its wheels, it was still throwing a lot at you. Um, 
wasn't as talkative as this season was for 1899. You know what I mean? Like you had a most, you had a, just like a, a, a diverse, diverse range of characters in this show as you did in dark, but with dark, it was like, you know, there, there was levels. There was, there was, um, there was different years, different generations and things, you know, there was more going for it that kept you engaged with 1899 being stuck on one location could either work greatly in your favor or it could work against it. I felt like on 1899, it kind of worked against it in some places where you had different levels, different social classes versus different generations. The balance didn't work as much. Um, but for every like misstep in like, you know, spinning his wheels and having talkative moments, you had, you had interesting characters. So I feel like the, the, the characterization, I feel like the character development definitely worked in favor of, of this season. Um, it took a while to gain his footing a little bit in my mind, but I feel like, you know, I want to say around episode three or four, it gained his footing. So, I mean, overall, I give it, uh, I toggle between B and B plus for the whole season. Mm-hmm. So do you think, I don't know, what do you have like a favorite character overall? Favorite character? Um, Jerome's my guy. I really like Jerome. Uh, Mara's cool. Uh, favorite character? I, I gotta say, throughout it all, I kind of just like Jerome that much. Jerome was like my top favorite. Mm-hmm. You know? Virginia had interesting moments and interesting um, dialogue, but I feel like the one that kind of res- resonated with me the most was Jerome. Because until we got his backstory, he came up with the person with the most... It, the book with the most like mysterious past. Even when we learned his backstory, I, you know, I loved him even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, beat Jerome as, as a MVP character. I think mm-hmm. he's definitely, he's definitely right up there for me. Plus he was, you know, his, his uh, actor is return, you know, replies to people's comments on his Instagram. <laughs> Shout oh, out does. to Jan Gall. Yeah, we love you. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would say another character that really grew on me as the as the season, um, as the season continued was is Tobe. I think she's a character that okay. I started out really not liking much because she seemed really grumpy for no reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of like, man, this this girl is so mean to her brother. And then um, as you kind of, I feel like Tobe's been through a lot of crap in her life from her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's somebody that really grew on me as, as I came along. But, but yeah. And Man. Ike is cool. Ike is cool. He's just a little mopey. <laughs> right. I mean, everyone's mopey. Uh, <laughs> but um, I got to say, a character that really grew on me throughout the course of the series was definitely Elliot. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I-, I looked at this character as like a trope in the beginning. But after a while, you know, I saw the humane side of him. And I said, you know, this 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 little kid's growing on me. And uh, I, felt, I felt a lot of empathy for him as well. Hmm. I still think it was it's great though that that Bo and Yanta go from a time travel show to mm-hmm. 
a simulation type show like so different mm-hmm. types of stories even though they had some similar themes they have similar notes to them it was still a nice change and I think also when you're trying to engage audiences you have it's good to be like okay this show is aimed towards more of of this like nerdy intellectual episode and this this series is a little bit more accessible I think to general audiences I, I could be wrong but I think Dark's more accessible than this, if I'm going to be real. Okay, why is that? Well, I don't think, I think the conversations in Dark get philosophical, but they don't get philosophical and scientific to the point where you're like, all right, listen, I, I need the cliff notes here to what's being what's being discussed here. There's moments in Dark where, in my mind, just my opinion, that there's dialogue exchanges where I'm like, okay, that kind of went over my head a little bit. You know, how does this tie into the plot? You know, it's good if I'm like sitting in a lecture hall or something for what they're talking about. They're discussing very thought-provoking things, but sometimes I feel like the connect was a little, um, there was a disconnect between what they were speaking about and how it connected to the plot or to the character, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I to me, like Dark, I know a lot of people were like, I need, um, you know, a flowchart to understand the show. Like it got confusing for people. I can understand and that. In there that was sense, some yeah. really sciencey, like all those scenes when Stranger Jonas goes to talk with uh, TG Tan- Tanhouse. Um, goes to talk to Tanhouse. They they are nerding out over <laughs> some like time travel philosophy, and some of those scenes mm-hmm. does a little bit did a little bit lose me during that and. Um, but yeah, it's I love dark. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to find any. I'm not going to. I think it's a, I, like to me, it's a it's a like flawless show. Um, But Same. 1899 is, you know, it's eight episodes and. It's. um, Yeah, it's more like, like you said, the one location and. There's a mutiny. It's a little bit more actiony um, than I, in Dark when it's more like drama. It's a, there's a lot of family drama, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I say this as a compliment to 1899. It's eight episodes, but it's a very dense eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot packed into there. There's a lot of getting to know everybody. There's a lot of you know, like I said, philosophy, science. You know, a lot of questions that you know like need answers to and things of that nature. Um, But I feel like it works with what it has. Uh, I will say this, um, the Netflix, the the guy who does Netflix marketing on social media, uh, guy or gal, uh, they they need a raise because when when this show was first pitched, it was oversold a little bit. They were like, hey, you remember 1899? I mean, you remember Dark? Uh, This is that show on crack. And then they showed the teaser trailer for the show and you Mm -hmm. found out it was the same creators. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I would be interested in seeing something like that. That's not really what I got. But, you know, I, I felt like the, the marketing was on point, um, uh, you know, social media-wise for this show. Mm-hmm. So overall, with what we have, going with just what we have, what do you think the overall theme of the show 
is. I mean, it's okay if you have two or three themes, but like, what's it really about? If you take away all of the actions and what way all the um, weirdness, like what do you think this show is really getting at? I got two. One of them is kind of like the tagline of the show itself. You know, what is lost will be found. You know, I feel like you got different characters in here. You got the lost, you got the found. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Mora um, is found. You know, Mora finds Ike, you know, th throughout the show. Um, uh, Angel finds uh, Crestor. You know what I mean? Like, um, Jerome finds Clements. Everyone gets found. Everyone is lost until they're found in this show. And I think it's like differentiating who's the lost and who's the found. Like, I still think Henry is lost. He even says at the end of the, at the, end of the episode, like, like, he even says in this finale, like, I want to get out of this godforsaken place. He's lost. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, he poses himself to be a found person, but he's lost. You know, so I got, I think it's about being lost and being found. Another theme of it is, you know, um, this one has been tried and true in many ways, even with dark, but it's that, you know, um, you can't escape your past. You know, mm -hmm. we may say we're done with the past. The past ain't done with us, you know, through everyone's dreamscapes. Everybody's like, you know, um, re reliving a, a horrible uh, traumatic thing. Now, maybe that whole uh, dreamscape or that whole memory is fake but maybe it's tied or connected to a real memory that happened, you know, within the years of 2000, 2099 in the, in, in, um, present reality time, you know? Uh, so yeah, I gotta say it's about the past not being done with us and, uh, about the difference between being lost and found. Mm -hmm. So my kind of overall takeaway is I'm thinking about letting go well, I feel like dark was a lot about grief and loss and 1899 is too, but it's almost like the postscript of that, which is how do you let go? Well, and we have characters that are obviously good at that and really bad at that. Um, I say that because I'm thinking a lot about Mara and, and Daniel and Daniel's trying to tell her she needs, to let go of Elliot and also Elliot has this beetle and um, you know, he's going to put it in this box and kind of, kind of try to keep it wrapped up, keep it secret, keep it safe. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, right. Right. And keep it like just close and not, not let things evolve and change naturally. So I'm thinking there's a lot about that as well as just, a general theme of what is reality and you know who made reality and guess who gets to decide who reality is um so there's there's a couple themes for people to chew upon okay okay uh you want you wanted me to bring this up on the show so i'm bringing it up uh oh, okay yeah this is a weird show to watch in preparation to go on a cruise you know, I'm going on a cruise, uh, you know, late, later on this month. And uh, I got to say, I hope it ain't nothing like this. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be more advanced. It's not going to be an 1899 cruise ship. But I, I don't want to come across uh, a Crestor. I don't want to come across uh, a, a Ike, <laughs> a Mara, 
I just want a regular, normal cruise. I can, I can, I'll party with a Jerome, but you know, <laughs> I just want a regular cruise. Well, hopefully you will not, you know, you know, you may want to check under the bed for panels or anything on the floor, right, but right. Um, hopefully it'll be a normal cruise. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's missing. You're not going to have to turn around to, um, you know, go save another ship or follow a rescue, uh, a rescue Listen, signal. The moment I see an upside down triangle, I'm telling my <laughs> wife, nope, we out, we leaving. <laughs> well, we'll definitely, you know, if you have any well wishes for Anthony on his cruise, you can leave them in, in our, in the comments. For sure. Um, as we sign off before, before we do our closers, um, I don't know. What do you want to say about this this experience overall of watching this show, doing these recordings, and um, just your respect for these artists and the creators? You know, a couple topics there. Throw it all together. Oh, yeah. in a big soup. I mean, when when you first uh, when we first like uh, communicated to each other about doing this, and you said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to be doing a deep dive." I was like, okay, that's a little different. I never did that before. And then we covered, you know, the first episode together. I was like, wow, that was a deep dive, you know? Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I, I uh, you know, you told me like, oh, yeah, that's what I meant, like a deep dive. And then when I looked more into it, I said, oh, okay, I understand now, you know, covering it scene by scene, story beat by story beat. Um, you know, it was an adjustment, but it was an experience. I, uh, you know, I jumped head first in because, you know, it's just something I never did before with the, with the creator, with a fellow creator and fellow, uh, you know, uh, film and TV lover. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was excited to do this because um, I liked what the creators did with Dark. And I was always looking forward to seeing what they would do again. So, yeah, I, I was excited to watch 1899 and to talk about it, you know, week by week with somebody. Because, um, you know, I, I, I like binge watching. You know, I feel like it... Um, it wraps something up in, in, you know, within good time when you have a busy schedule, but I like the anticipation of waiting week by week, uh, you know, uh, while watching the show. Like, I think that's the way I prefer to watch Breaking Bad, you know, when it was exclusively on AMC and then on AMC plus or whatever it was around back then the next day. Like I prefer to watch it week by week rather than binging it all um, in one day. So, you know, I, I definitely do prefer the week by week model rather than the binging model. However, if there is an option to binge um, and I'm not doing a deep dive, I'm, you know, I'm going to go into binging because that's just your mind. You're like, you, you want more and more when it ends. But I feel like the anticipation for a show like this is key. And uh, it, it definitely gave me more reverence um, towards the show, watching it week by week rather than ingesting it all in one big gulp. And not, you know, savoring certain key moments from each episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've enjoyed doing this show with you and getting to talk about these things um, that, um, you know, watching a show by yourself is great. But yeah, you know, you want to be able to talk about things. And sure, you can post things on Twitter. But there really is mm -hmm. no substitute for getting to have a meeting of the minds and right and dive into it. And I've enjoyed the opportunity to do it with you. And um, 
with these showrunners, you know, anything with them, with, who I love so much and respect. And um, if you're watching this, we're just grateful for you to that you tuned in or listened in. Um, haven't heard from a lot of people, but we have we are getting regular clicks, especially on SoundCloud. There's quite a few people that mm -hmm. listen on there, um, on Apple Podcasts, and as well as YouTube. It's a small crowd, but they are dedicated and they're watching. So um, if you've enjoyed our discussions, we'd love to hear from you. We we love encouragement too. So let us know that you have appreciated this and I will pass sure. on any such messages um, to Anthony so he can appreciate them while he's uh, laying about on the on the cruise ship, having <clears> his <throat> umbrella drink, hopefully, and finding yeah. time to relax. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read them after because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be around any Wi-Fi. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and and then, uh, you know, if you now that we're at the end, you can of course check out the making of 1899 on Netflix, which mm -hmm. is, is after this episode. So that is where we're going to going to leave you. So Anthony, do your last shout out here. Yeah. You know, I had a fun time. Thanks for inviting me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at black cinephile. Uh, it's a uh, black without the C and then the word cinephile, all one word. Uh, you can find my reviews at 8bitwaffles.com. You can find um, an upcoming review for uh, the upcoming movie, The Jesus Revolution. I'll be uh, guest contributing once again at uh, elementsofmadness.com. That's what our review were. Uh, that's where that review will pop up at. And yeah, just uh, keep a lookout for my podcast, Double Feature Versus. Um, been going strong as well with that one. And uh, yeah, that's me. Great. Yeah, Jesus Revolution looks really interesting. I'm I'm anxious to check that one out myself. Yeah. Um without saying too much about it, it is actually a good movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I believe it. I mean that the 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 character that plays that plays the lead character, I'm enjoy I enjoy his um Jesus character on the Chosen series. I don't know if you watched that, Anthony, but um, I have heard of it. It's on my watch list. I heard it's a good show. Yeah, it has. There's a free app, so you can watch all the episodes on for free on the chosen app. Um, mm. But I'm Lindsay at one of my stories. You can find me at one of my stories. dot com or any of your socials at one of my stories. Um, coming up for me, I've got. Uh, we'll be doing reviews for. Creed 3 as well as Cocaine Bear in some format so I'm not sure yet if those are going to be video reviews or written reviews nice um, yeah but we loved talking to you guys and we're going to say good night signing off <laughs>